0: All right, what's up guys, welcome back to the ABL podcast, Uh, we're going to be touching on some sports today, Um, we haven't talked about the Super Bowl yet, a little Super Bowl, some NFL, UFC, NBA news, so uh, I'm Ben, here with Aiden like usual, and we're going to get right into it with, uh, I guess, go straight to the Super Bowl, it's probably the most notable news, Um, the Buccaneers won a Super Bowl there, I believe the franchise's second Super Bowl, Over the Chiefs, and Tom Brady gets his seventh ring. Extremely impressive. Um, I felt like there really was only one true, like, reason and storyline to the game. It's like the O-line for the Chiefs just couldn't hand, flat out, had no chance against the Bucs D-line. No chance. So bad. And, I mean, I see a lot of people saying stuff about how Mahomes – seemed a little bit injured in terms of like his running and stuff with the turf toe. And like, he has to get surgery now too, which I mean, he, I'm sure he was injured, but I mean, even totally healthy, the way that that D line was going, I don't think there's any chance that the chiefs were going to win that game. Um Also, let's not forget, was like, let's not
1: forget, like there were a couple drops in that game too, that were like, like the Tyree kill one. I know it was kind of like a, I kind of just like a kind of shot just, yeah, I'm just going to throw it one-on-one, but like, Tyreek Hill hits him in the face. There was another one in the end zone, right, where it hit somebody in the face too, right?
0: Um, I thought that was Tyreek Hill where he had a dropped one that at least would have been a touchdown. Probably. Yeah. I think and that's then then Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey, yeah, there was a an ugly down, drop, I think,
1: right? Huh? There was, like, Sorry. a first down that Kelsey could have had. That yeah, had that
0: Kelsey right. had a pretty ugly, like, drop that hit him right in the hands on, yeah. like, a third and, like, 12 or something. And then – Some suspect calls. I mean – yeah, but like, but like, that's there's some suspect gonna, calls, not, but like, none of them were, were like game, I mean, game like decision. Yeah, none of them were changing the game really too much. Um, I felt like it to me, it felt like though the Chiefs were, it felt like the Chiefs, especially at first, were really just trying to bomb the ball downfield. Like, every play, it was like they were looking for 50 yards, and then yeah. there was one drive where they, they were just peppering Kelsey over the middle and feeding him on like shorter routes. And they actually started going for a little bit, but when but then they went right back to the uh, like deep bombs. Mahomes scrambling for his life, trying to throw deep. Like I think they could have definitely done a better job game planning, throwing shorter passes uh, before the sticks, and and but it seemed like they're more just trying to push it downfield, which is obviously what the Buccaneers are going to be game planning for. I thought Buccaneers defense looked sick though. Oh yeah, definitely. they looked. I mean, they looked like an insanely impressive unit this entire playoffs. That D line, obviously, an extremely, playing extremely elite. Like, unit. How about
1: JPP playing really,
0: really well? Oh, Jake P.P. Shag uh, Shaquille Barrett. Yeah. You got. Monte um, Davis, the uh, heart and soul of the team. You got Vita Vea. and and then on top of that, with that stacked D line, Devin White. Like, oh, yeah, my baller. God. Devin Antoine White
1: Winfield, is, Antoine Winfield Jr., yeah. baller.
0: I mean, for me, though, when I'm watching that defense, my God, Devin White, I think more than any player on an NFL field for me this year, on terms of defense, I think he popped more than any other player I watched all year. I mean, he just the impact he makes is clear and he's just zooming around the field. It looks like he's just hitting so much harder and running so much faster than everybody else. I feel like
1: he's a freak. He's a stud, absolute stud. Um, But I think also, you know what I noticed too, like the Buccaneers offense just looked so like methodical and just so relaxed. And it was just like, they, they had the game plan and they stuck to it. I don't know if, I don't know if you would feel the same way about it, but it was just like, they, they were just like you know running the ball you know little little out here or there i mean throw it to the tight ends get them involved it, like Gronk was really involved i felt like it, i thought their game plan was was really well heading into this game
0: yeah it was awesome to see the uh the Gronk Brady connection in the super bowl Gronk oh, yeah. just being i mean like as much as i feel like he didn't have like a huge impact this year for the buccaneers it's just like you couldn't help but feel like just cuz he's been such a clutch tight end his entire career that he was going to do something in this game because of how big it was and ends so up catching two touchdowns where I'm sure nobody really saw coming but um, that was just awesome just to see especially as being able to used to watch that for the Patriots and rooting for that and then yeah Brady just looked really comfortable running the offense and um, I mean and also we got to give credit to Leonard Fournette that guy w- has been awesome in this playoff yeah. run I know Ronald Jones got so tough, good, but I know Ronald Jones got stuff, but I I do think. Oh, I it, still let me just say, how did he not get that touchdown? Like it felt like on that fourth down, it looked like he had plenty of momentum to like yeah, push the I mean, line, and then it just died down. I don't know what happened there. I don't know what
1: happened, but the, I was
0: nervous that that was where it was going to be a huge turning point. I'm really nervous. Yeah, I, I that. thought I
1: thought Casey was going to start coming back,
0: come down, score, have all the momentum because because oh, yeah. I mean it. Usually, you can't just leave like. They basically scored a touchdown. You can't really just like lose, like leave seven points there against the Chiefs in almost every game. <laughs> I know. But they I were know. able to do it because their defense was just able to give so much fits to Mahomes and the whole line.
1: Yeah. Um, I didn't want to say I felt bad for uh, Tommy Townsend, who uh who had a rough I'd say a oh, rough Oh,
0: that season. was yeah, he had that one punt where he like there's that one sequence. He uh, bobbled oh, it, first palmed like, it, and the then there's a His
1: first punt was already kind of kind of shaky i don't know i don't know what he netted on the first punt but it wasn't it wasn't good the second one i think was solid and then the third one he drops the snap but still nukes the ball like 56 yards next yeah. play penalty he ends up getting it shanks shanks it so like bad. really bad like,
0: what 18 yards maybe it was i mean like yeah around 20 yards it was ugly right into the right like way to the right off off the yeah. american sideline I, I mean, I feel into like, the stands. <laughs> yeah, dude, I mean, he's a rookie playing in the Super Bowl. Yeah, that sucks. But I mean, l- like I think we we've said, and I think I don't think there's much controversy on the Super Bowl, but um, no, I mean, it was really a pretty dominant win by the Buccaneers.
1: Yeah, but I will say just like that stuff does go on un- unnoticed a little bit. I get to final say of things, but like that gave the Bucs huge field position. I think they ended up scoring off that. And it's kind of like the momentum. You could just really see the Chiefs start to take that. But the Bucs overall, no doubt, they fucking deserve to win that game. It was a dominant – probably the most dominant Super Bowl since Seahawks against Broncos, right? Or was that was that
0: it? Yeah, no, that's right. You're Yeah, you're thinking of the right one. Where the yeah. Seahawks, they, like, had a nice lead, and then at halftime they, like, returned the kick and yeah. to open the half. I remember Wasn't that. Wasn't it, like, first play, like, a pick or something like that? Pick six?
1: Some, like one of the first. I don't few.
0: remember. I re- I remember them returning a kickoff to start the second half, I believe. Yeah, but. But,
1: mo- but most Super Bowls have
0: not been this like, you know, dominant, I would say. Yeah, this is definitely the biggest blowout for Super Bowl in a while. Um I mean, it was still, I found a pretty entertaining Super Bowl. Just seeing Brady, Gronk, Fournette. I was yeah, it was
1: more just like Brady's really gonna do this. Like, first off, we gotta give props to Tom Brady. I think greatest football player will ever see the fact that this guy went to a completely new team, completely new offensive coordinator, uh, completely new system with COVID, no preseason, no nothing, comes in 11-5 and team. Everyone just says, you know, maybe they won't make it that far. He's 43. I don't know how he's going to do it. Ends up winning the Super Bowl for his seventh ring. He's really like, I don't know if we'll ever see this again. I mean, maybe Patrick Mahomes may have a future like this, but I don't think, I don't think, He can do what Tom Brady's doing. I think it's like like Tom Brady's on that LeBron, that, that, uh, messy, that Ronaldo, that Jordan level.
0: Oh yeah, for sure. He's, he's uh, like, he's on that level. He's yeah. He's that guy for the sport of football. Um, but I mean, at this point, like, I think it's a little delusional to be like, even think that Patrick Mahomes, I really don't think he has a chance to like get seven no. Super Bowls. Like, I don't I think mean, he I don't. I'm,
1: I'm just saying like, look, he's got potential. He's still young. I mean, who knows what's going to happen, but I'm still saying like, to do that is so unlike, like, I don't know if we'll ever see that again. I like I, mean, like, I don't think people understand how hard it is. Not only just to, just even make like the AFC championship, like just that alone and how deep you have to be in. Like it's, a, it's all full cylinders. The fact that he was able to do that is incredible.
0: Yeah, like, I mean, how many guys yeah. never even make the playoffs? I mean, you got, like, a great quarterback like Matt Stafford, who's made the playoffs once, I think. Yeah. <laughs> like, and, and I mean, Tom Brady, meanwhile, has 10 Super Bowl appearances. When it comes to great quarterbacks and his playoff wins, he, like, doubles, like, the next, like, really great quarterback and, like, playoff wins. It's yeah. not even close.
1: And, like, the stories you hear about him, like, I think it shows, like, what leadership really is. I mean, Brandon Spike's being upset about not making the Pro Bowl yet. Tom Brady says, I don't give a F about, you know, Pro Bowls. I'm here to win one thing. You know, I've got one mission in my mind. I'm trying to win a, the Lombardi trophy. And, you know, and I got to hand Tom for this. You know, he celebrated the way he probably should have at 43. You know, he had a great time at that parade, the Super Bowl parade. So,
0: yeah, it's it like it
1: hilarious. Him, him just absolutely sauced going
0: to the bathroom. Yeah, and throwing that, the Super Bowl trophy. To oh, that was so elite. That was elite. <laughs> um." And, I mean, when it comes, like, yeah, I feel like he did – Brady did such a great job, like, this year. I get he had had a great team around him, obviously. But, I mean, when you're 43, you got to – when you have a 43-year-old quarterback, I mean, I don't – if you were expecting, like, an MVP – I mean, I guess a lot of us were expecting huge numbers because of the team he had. But, I mean, I really wasn't expecting, like, an MVP talent level like Tom Brady, you know, because he's he's getting older. I felt like we saw him – I feel like there's still signs of aging. Aging, as great as he's oh, been. Oh yeah, no, they're they're like definitely aren't. yeah. He doesn't like to get hit. He avoids hits more than he probably needs to now. Um, but I mean, you know what? He, obviously, it hasn't didn't matter because he's still able to win the Super Bowl. Um, and also, I think we got to give credit to to like the Buccaneers organization, the GM, just for creating with through the years of having all those draft picks, creating a team that is desirable for Brady to want to go to. And I mean, it all paid off clearly. Um,
1: I think they also have a phenomenal coaching staff, Bruce Arians, Byron left, which um, oh, what is the D coordinator? the old co- Todd, Todd Bowles. Bowles, Todd Bowles. Yeah. Brady great. Awesome. I mean, on the
0: defensive
1: side, a very diverse, you know, got to get props, very diverse um, coaching staff. And I love, I love the fact that doesn't matter who you got, you know, you're just going to find guys that are willing to be the best. I mean, Byron Leftwich, I think is a phenomenal offensive coordinator and Todd Bowles, like, Obviously, to put that defense out there and to, to develop guys already like Antoine Winfield Jr., already making noise as a rookie and shutting people down, I, th- I think phenomenal organization right now in a great spot.
0: Yeah, and I think that defense, Todd Bowles, I mean, what a great job he did this year. That defense had such like a swagger to them and oh yeah
1: i love they were having fun that's what it is yeah, I mean, they, they, they like
0: loved each other they seem like they're all for each other and they're having fun they're just so aggressive they like i to love talk the, to i
1: them. love the mix though of two of youth and veterans like i think that's so essential you got people like devin white with levante david who's been on the buccaneers forever you got he yeah, who's been with who's old as dirt i feel like he's been in the league forever and you got people like antoine woodfield jr again Vita vea like, you got young people, a mix of young and old. So I think that veteran leadership, taking those young guys under the wing and developing them, I think that was huge. Like, for the defense overall, and at peak, you could see really in the playoffs.
0: Yeah, they – I mean, they the end of the year that they had, to in the regular season going into the playoffs, too, was awesome, kind of similar to the way the Bills were playing, uh, where they were both just rolling. And, I mean, also in the Super Bowl for Todd Bowles, he had barely even blitzed at all when he's, like – one of the most blitz heavy uh, coaches in, in the entire NFL. And so, I mean, I remember he threw a few blitzes early and I guess that must've been just to like make them think about it because he didn't really throw any blitzes after like the first two possessions. Um, so good for him to like create a game plan and go away from something that he usually does because he thinks it's the best fit for the Super Bowl and not just like being one of those guys who's like, we do what we do. Yeah, I think phenomenal coaching. Yeah, and then, as I mean, I expect the Bucs to be uh, – I believe they're going to be able to keep their team, team together for the most part, so I expect them to be – Chris cont-
1: Godwin's in free agency. Hmm? He's he's the big guy, I think, and Levante David's in free agency too.
0: Who else? Who was the first one you said? Sorry. Chris Godwin. Uh, okay, okay. Um, Yeah, I mean, those those are really – I would really hope – I think definitely Levante David's a more important player for that uh, than Chris Godwin is for them, but still, I, I think for the most part, they oh, should and be able to defend is- again is going to be a free agent? Uh, Yeah, pro- uh, probably probably had a one year deal. Um but I mean I'm sure they'll be bringing him back. Uh but yeah, I mean as I think the bucks are going to be contending again next year um as long as like Brady doesn't fall off some cliff which I mean I don't expect him. Like I mean there's really no reason to bet on that and bet against Brady anymore. Like why would you? I mean let's just wait until we see him actually fall off the cliff before we predict it. And then um, same with the Chiefs though. I mean they're gonna be back there as long as they have Mahomes and Kelsey and Tyreek Hill and Andy they don't, they don't sleep, sleep on Buffalo Bill's here. Mafia next year. and Bill yeah they I mean they definitely got a promising future going ahead with Diggs and Josh Allen and McDermott for sure. All right, anything else you got to say about the Super Bowl?
1: No, we, we want to get into the next thing about about the blockbuster deal that happened.
0: Yep, so uh, we didn't get to talk about this yet on the pod either. The Rams recently acquired via trade Matthew Stafford for Jared Goff uh, 2022-2023 first-round picks and I believe a 2023 third-round pick as well. So, I mean, Rams are a team that have to go all in this year, really, to win the Super Bowl. I'm pretty sure yeah, that there's a lot of expiring contracts after this year. Yeah. And so, I I, I mean, I, at least I felt like Jared Goff was really holding him back, especially because he, he's the highest. Like, it'd be okay if he was holding him back a little bit. And he, was, he wasn't – they still had money to play around with the cap, but he was the highest-played player on the team. And it felt like – it felt like – I mean, I felt like I don't care. I feel like they're just as good if they have Jared Goff or – Wolford so when you're paying a guy like that and the backup you feel like and it seemed like McVay felt that way too when he started in that playoff game and if the backup's just as competent I mean clearly that's the guy the quarterback's holding you down I'm a huge believer in McVay I like the offense he runs I think this defense is a special unit um, in the NFL definitely one of the best top at least five I would say three I don't know. I, I think when you got Jalen Ramsey and Aaron Donald and both
1: in their prime, like this is this is the time. Like, look, we've made it to the Super Bowl before with Goff, didn't work out as well as we wanted it to. I mean, they've had success, but I do think now, like, you got to go all in. I, I don't think Jared Goff has stepped up to that elite level that we like. You know, we really saw with him. I think in 2018, I think that was when we when um, you know Rams went to the Super Bowl and they had all that success. But I think Matt Stafford is a phenomenal pickup. I think he's been a top quarterback, most underrated just because, you know, organization he's been playing for one of the toughest organizations, you know, to win, to play for. I'm really excited to see what he does. Um, But I think this benefits both parties. I don't know about you, but I think, I think this is a good deal on both parties. Look, Lions needed to get rid of Matt Stafford. I think it was definitely time to move on. Jared Goff is still like, a, I, th- I still think he's a solid quarterback. I don't, I don't want to say he's you know he's not elite. He, he's not top ten. Like, like, but I still think he's viable for now for the state for the state that the lines are in. They're not in a win now mode. Yeah, he's a viable
0: they a QB. QB, and he has a chance to be that bridge QB. I think. Yeah, he's
1: a bridge QB. Um, I think I think Jared Goff's gonna be a veteran QB in, in the uh, QB in the league for a while. So I think this benefits both parties. I mean, the lines got a lot of first round picks out of this. So we'll see. And uh, another side note, I did want to say. How does this make – I know the Texans are very adamant about Deshaun Watson being their guy, that they're not going to trade him or anything. But when you see a deal like that and you have Deshaun Watson there, I wonder if, you know, Nick Casario in the back of his mind is like, I wonder how much we could get for Deshaun.
0: Like they could – I mean, staff – I mean, honestly, it's got to be at like four first-rounders. Yeah, I I would be even pushing five if I'm Nick Casario yeah like four first rounders and then like
1: I don't know a player <laughs> like it, it is frustrating though I'm, I'm that that's another organization right now I'm pretty upset with is the Texans and how they're handling everything I don't I don't understand like what's the point point in being so adamant about trying to oh we're keeping Deshaun we're keeping Deshaun and like you know, the whole JJ Watt thing there is like released him and like it was all it was all fine he got his wish and like Deshaun Watson wants out you can get it's not like it's like you trade Deshaun Watson your organization goes to shit like you're gonna get so much value
0: for that I mean but it, it just it sucks to have your franchise guy your franchise QB and then it's like okay now we gotta go find another one that's just that sucks it's so tough but I mean I do agree they must be able to get a ton and I agree that I I don't think it's smart necessarily like if the the guy who's supposed to be the leader of your team has publicly stated that he doesn't want to be there, how can he lead your team? Like, how can it? How can you expect the teammates to buy in and and this team to like come together to win games and like play as a team when the guy who's supposed to be the leader and like the heart of the team is is publicly saying he wants a trade and doesn't want to be a part of the organization? So I think That's that they're gonna be forced to do something for sure
1: yeah especially if like he does something like oh I'm gonna hold out or something I-, I think they would have to be forced to trade
0: I would love to see Deshaun in a place like San Francisco New York I have a favorite place that I hope he Chicago? goes Chicago Carolina I hope he goes to the Carolina Panthers That's really destination for him I would love to see him there with McCaffrey I love those wide receivers there I think they got a really solid core and okay. I mean, I didn't even think of was that, but... Far better than we expected this year. So who? I think that they could be a legitimate team, honestly, who was better than you th- than expected Carolina. It's just the de- defensive unit Oh yeah. In, uh, in general for the Carolina last year. I thought we really expected them to be awful, but they had guys who, who stepped up like um, they had chin at safety. He was awesome. Uh, a couple other
1: he was sick. It
0: wasn't awful. Yeah. I think Carolina, I didn't even think about that
1: Yeah, Carolina would be an awesome fit with weapons weapons there's like there's a lot of places he could go and I think that they could get a lot of value even like places like Miami like we don't know how Tua going to be and I know it's still early but there's a chance he could be good if maybe they don't believe in him and that's fair but it's it's not as if you're not going to get a good you're, they're going to get value they're going to get a lot of good value and honestly that organization the way they, I mean Bill O'Brien the fact that he traded away. DeAndre Hopkins for David Johnson and like for nothing, basically. You know, a top three wide receiver, arguably top one. Like you could you could legitimately argue that. So I mean, you
0: definitely could, at least at the time of the trade. Yeah. He was maybe considered by most top one, I would say.
1: Yeah, and he balled he balled still this season. I mean and he
0: had a great he had a great year. I mean, yeah, he had another great year. And I mean, honestly, though, top like top, five, three, top
1: three, I mean, it's gonna be it's gotta be Devontae Adams, him.
0: I don't yeah. know who else. It's getting hard to deny Tay as as number one. Yeah, um, it is. I mean, even I mean, even the playoff games, like he, he's. The I mean, player. until this year, I, I I was never sure. Like, I thought he was definitely a good wide receiver. I thought he, um, you know, he was a good wide receiver. But I also thought he definitely benefited from having Aaron Rodgers. And this year, it was just like, this is like, he, like hey, this is our only elite, like really good wide receiver, but. Nobody could even touch him. So, yeah, do you do you still put Mike Thomas top five? No. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I don't know how I feel. About I wouldn't have put him top. I don't even think. I, like, I seriously. I mean, you can call me a Mike Thomas hater, but just because of his, I think he's just not a. He's just not being a special guy on the outside. I wouldn't have put him top five even after his 150 catch season, just because there's other guys as. I mean, obviously, stats wise, he's going to be top five. But like, are you, take, are you taking healthy? OB, are you going to take a healthy OBJ over Mike Thomas right now? No, no, it's it's too hard. OBJ has been too removed from like a monstrous season to do that. I think. I mean, sleep on OBJ though. Let's not forget he's he's a monster. I mean, I'm not sleeping on OBJ. Everybody knows. I mean, you know, at least my friends know that I like OBJ a lot. I think he's a super insanely talented wide receiver. Um, but yeah, I mean, I. For me, I mean, I know this is a little bit of a tangent for what we're talking about, but for me, I'd probably elect if I was like a GM or something, I would probably rather have a guy like Tyreek Hill, um, obviously Devontae Adams, Hopkins, even like – Julio, Dekay, are you taking Matt, Julio? Julio. Um, I mean, like maybe not Julio going forward because of age and injury and stuff like that, but – I'm um, taking Mike Evans? Because I'm taking Mike Evans. I think yeah. Mike Evans is yeah. – Mike, Mike is- Evans makes a case for top five. Yeah. Like yeah, he's six five, runs a four four, and catches all the 50-50 balls. So <laughs> he's a monster for sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's a lot of great talent at wide receiver in the league right now. I mean, Stephon Diggs, you know, Justin Jefferson, like just just there's it's a great. The the NFL is stacked of talent right now. It feels like oh, <laughs> dude, the NFL is such a good spot. Yeah. So do we have anything else you want to touch on NFL-wise?
1: No, you want to go straight to UFC? I'll I'll touch up a little bit on just a quick tad about boxing uh, when you're done. But Go Go right now.
0: Go ahead. All
1: right. I'll I'll just say something real quick. Lightweight division. Not, Not too much has happened in boxing, but other than the fight last night, we got Richard Comey, you know, he, you know, he got the KO, he won. And the lightweight division is very interesting now with him, the emergence of Richard Comey. I'd love to see a fight between Comey and, and Lomachenko. Or, you know, I, w- I would love to see, if I could have the perfect fight scenario, I'd love to see Devin Haney and Ryan Garcia fight, Comey and Loma, and then the winner of those two fight, because Loma is fighting uh, a Japanese fighter, I forget his name, in the lightweight division. But if Loma... And Comey, winner of that, faces Haney and uh, Ryan Garcia. Those two should fight Teofimo Lopez, who's the champion of the lightweight division. I think the lightweight division might be the most exciting division right now in boxing. So a little boxing news. Uh, light heavyweight division, you know, we, we obviously saw the COVID uh, postpone the fight. Therefore, Comey had to be the main event. So you take it away, UFC.
0: All right. So last night was UFC 258. The UFC has been getting really exciting lately a lot of big fights um and uh a lot of big fights coming up too but last night we had um Usman fighting against Burns for the main event uh that was just a really good fight I thought they came out in in the first round and Burns hit Usman with some punches that were I mean clearly shook uh Usman quite a bit he seemed a little wobbly was eventually able to recover definitely got pretty dominated in that first round. And then we heard, um, in between rounds, his coach, his coach telling him Whitman that he, he said, yeah, you're a champion because of that jab, you're a champion because of that jab. We just kept hearing him say that over and over in between rounds, he comes out and it's just over and over again, just stunning burns right in the nose with the jab over and over again, eventually gets him, um, uh, dominates the second round. And then he, he finishes him in the third. Um, and I mean, I thought an extremely impressive performance by Kamara Usman just because, for him, a guy who's really been in most fights extremely dominant to start the round that first round against a guy who, um, these guys were training partners for a long time and, and so they, they know each other's styles and, and they've like sparred against each other all the time in the past. So, I mean, it was likely going into this fight that one of these guys knew who was going to, like, who the better fighter was. But uh, we didn't because, I mean, I, I, we had Burns' coaches who were also formerly Usman's coaches. And they were saying that uh, they really believed Burns was going to beat Usman. And Usman clearly felt very disrespected. Um, but for him to just get stunned so much, more than I've really ever seen him stunned like that in, in the first round, and then come into the second round and just look so flawless so good and and just how smart of a fighter he is it's just amazing he uh passed gsp for most consecutive ufc wins with 13 um and he's just he's just a dog he's just going for so he's had so many i forget how many exactly but a lot of championship defends in a row and there's really no one left for him to fight i mean He's just run through everybody. Uh, they're going to have to, I, I heard Cormier say that, like, I guess Leon Edwards would maybe be the next guy. But, I mean, he's just, he's run through everybody. He called out Masvidal, um after the fight, which, I mean, I wouldn't mind seeing again, I guess. Uh, because I guess Masvidal's been using that. He was called on six days notice to fight Kamaru. He's been using that as an excuse if he had a training camp. So Kamaru wants to give him a training camp, fight him. I think that's a terrible fight. Vidal. <laughs> I don't think that's a good fight for him. Don't think he'll win that fight if he takes it. But yeah, it was an awesome fight. Usman's just propelled himself even further into the greatest all-time con- conversation. He's undoubtedly one of the best to ever do it. Definitely a top welterweight to ever do it. Um, And then, I mean, a couple other notable fights, but just the other one that I'll get to that uh, I was most excited about was Gaslam versus Ian Heinich. And that's just because Gaslam, he's been on a, a little downspin after uh, losing to Adesanya in that really good fight um, and and going to decision against him, which was an extremely impressive fight. He got submitted very early in the first round his fight before against Sermanson, but comes out this fight um, determined to prove that he still belongs with the best in the world in that division. And he goes out and he, he – uh, it was, I mean, a very close – fight, but he looked really good, was able to take him down, looked really strong, and honestly outmaneuvered him on the ground, which I, I don't think anybody expected. But it'll be nice to see him propel himself back up to contending, fighting with uh, the top guys in, in that division. And it'll be interesting to see who Kamaru has. Uh Kamaru gets a fight coming up for next for his next title defense.
1: Yeah, real quick, I do want to add something about boxing. Uh, on the undercard, Jared Anderson, sweet uh, KO. He's 8-0. He's a notable guy to look for up and coming. He might be a big name in boxing. And then next Saturday, uh, we've got one of my favorite fights that I've been really looking forward to, super featherweight, 120, uh, 130 division. We've got two Mexican fighters, Miguel Burchelt and um, Oscar Valdez. And... Let me just say, if you don't know about boxing, Mexican fighters are by far the most entertaining to watch. They they are just gritty, heart, soul, won't back down. And I'm super excited about this fight. Um, next, I mean, if you want to talk about some NBA, yeah, I'm ready to
0: move on to the NBA yeah, topic.
1: If we want to talk about some NBA, how about how about all the players calling out Adam Silver? You know, they don't really want an All Star game this year. What do you think about that? Do you, what should Adam Silver do? I mean. Health wise, or does he have to really focus on the business, the TV, the TV revenue of All Star Weekend?
0: I don't get it. I I don't get why they're having them All Star game because, like, as mu- as great as Adam Silver since becoming commissioner has been, arguably one done, of the greatest
1: sport commissioners
0: ever. By the way. Oh yeah, I mean yeah, he's he's done a, a great job, but he's done a pretty bad job this year in terms of the COVID things. I mean, at least the NBA has been – I mean, has been great with it. Uh, They've had p- – plenty of teams have had, like, COVID problems. Um, It's gotten I mean, a little bit – What
1: is it, the main Red Claws basically playing?
0: <laughs> they were for – I mean – For a hot minute. Celtics didn't play for, like, two straight weeks. Um, I don't know. But, yeah, there, there's just been teams like that where, where they just have tons of COVID problems. But things have been getting a little bit better. But still, I don't – I don't get why – you know, well, dude,
1: like, why? Why can KD be said like, oh, he can't play? Comes middle of the game, and then they stop it again. Like, I don't understand. Like, I think that there should be.
0: Ex- there's a me- It's a mess. Yeah,
1: it? I think that. I mean, granted, it's hard. I mean, they're not in the bubble. It's hard, especially with like flights and everything, and the way yeah. like you know you can and maybe play multiple
0: times a week. It's yeah. not and like
1: oh, because we played them on Wednesday and he tested positive on Friday. Now he can't play. So now there's contact tracing there. I don't know. I think Adam Silver, it's, I mean, I, I understand it's hard. I mean, how do you, how do you handle this? How do you put these players in a non-bubble environment? But I, I just think the all-star weekend
0: is no need. There's no need. Like everybody loves creating the teams, but who like everybody loves to see the, the voting, who's making the teams the starters. And I think that part's, I mean, I think that part's kind of, like, fun to talk about. Um, I don't remember the
1: last time I've watched an All-Star game, if I'm going to be honest with you. I mean,
0: I watched the last All-Star game, but they're not fun. Like, they're not – Yeah, the they, last just one was try. they just kind of
1: screw around. It's like an exhibition. It's just
0: – Yeah, it, but it's, like – It's not that – Yeah, nobody's, like, oh. Like, nobody's that into – Unless you're younger, it's. I feel like it's a more for the kids, you know. I remember yeah. when I was little, like – Oh it's yeah, when like, I was at all, our Games is like the biggest game of the year. Yeah, yeah, when I was at all, like, old, oh wait, nobody gives, like, nobody cares. None of the players care, <laughs> but yeah. you know, it, it was so cool on the dunk contest too. Dunk contest still kind of fun to watch, but oh, dunk contest is the only depending on the game year, game. depending on the year. Um, I mean, Aaron Gordon, hold up, we gotta say
1: Aaron Gordon robbed twice. I'll admit that. I think he should have been Zach Levine.
0: I mean, I think it's pretty. I thought it was pretty close.
1: It was close, but come on, I mean, there was. I so, don't know if it was that clear, but i think it was i think it was fairly clear creativity wise but definitely definitely last year gordon should have won
0: yeah i mean but like who cares the dunk contest (laughs) it'd be so much cooler if it was like the old days where like all this like LeBron, yeah, like if you had, like, LeBron, like, Zion, and, like, you had, like, all these awesome dunkers. But yeah, I know. They it would great be great dunkers, but, like, we want to see – this is an all-star weekend. We want to see stars. But, anyway, bottom line, I just don't understand it. I don't think it's smart to just – with all this uncertainty, all these COVID outbreaks for, for teams happening, I just don't understand why it, they think it's a good idea to get all the best players in the league in the same spot at the same time
1: a lot of contact tracing and it's not like i mean there's a chance like players still go out i mean they're not forced to be the hotel room it's not like the
0: bubble well they do have a pretty they do have restrictions like they can't just go do what they want like they have restrictions in their contracts and stuff okay that's why Kyrie. it was a big deal when he went to visit his family for that barbecue or whatever barbecue party yeah and everybody was all upset about that um but I mean overall I just I don't think it's a good idea. The players really nobody seems to think it's a good idea. <laughs> is what it seems like to me.
1: But I mean if, if if the the belt if basically the most notable player
0: in the league is saying it's dumb, then Yeah. I mean if I think if LeBron really wanted to, there's a chance he could push to get rid of it. But um anyway, I think uh I mean I guess we'll just we'll see what happens on that front. Nobody seems to think it's a good idea, but Moving on, um, obviously the Nets formed a super team this year with that hardened trade, and with KD missed the last few games, and they had a little pretty bad stretch, which was surprising because even losing without KD,
1: obviously right. losing losing to the Wizards,
0: yeah, like Wizard like, and they lost to the Cavs earlier with KD, like they they've definitely not totally figured it out yet. Their defense has been abysmal. Um, and, I mean, I personally, I don't think this is a complete team. I think they're definitely going to, like, get buyout guys, make a move, or, or something's going to happen. But uh, it, it, it's still, like, somewhat concerning just because, I mean, I'm I'm just, like, how can Kyrie and Harden? They really couldn't – they just really couldn't get it done. And it was – honestly, I was shocked. I was like – like, I didn't yeah, think – Imagine if one of them goes do down. that much to beat the Wizards and stuff like that. But, um, I mean, overall, I'm not concerned about them because, like I said, I don't think it's – it's their uh, last – like, I don't think this is their final roster for the end of the year. Does, to- I mean,
1: I don't know. I don't know how you feel about the supporting cast around those three, though.
0: I mean, I definitely don't feel bad about it. Joe Harrit. I mean, you got you got good guys. Like, but, I mean, and it's not like they need – the supporting cast needs, like, to be anything insane. I just think, ultimately, they definitely need to find a, a center, another center. But – um i think ultimately they get in the playoffs they'll be okay and i mean there's a really good chance they come out of the east yeah and then um last thing that i think we're gonna touch on today right is the uh jazz and are they
1: for real like are we talking are they for real
0: okay so i think that they have been playing really good um rudy gobert has been awesome and so has donovan mitchell has been pretty good as well like the team's just clicked been very good um but at the same time I think that it's still very early in the year and that this is a team that's kind of been together for a little bit so like they're familiar with playing with each other so there wasn't a huge learning curve um and a ton of turnover on there like it's not like there's a whole different cast on their team or something. These guys are used to playing with each other, playing in that the system that they play in and the way they play. And also, this is a team that's um, been pretty lucky in terms of, like, COVID outbreaks and stuff like that. They haven't had uh, the the big, like, a bunch of guys get COVID or, or like, big injuries. You're don't have any
1: guys joking around touching water bottles.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, Donovan Mitchell and Gobert got it out the way. Um, but <laughs> – but like, yeah, I mean, they're clearly a team that is seems like they could be a problem in, uh, throughout this regular season. But I think by the time playoffs come around, that we're not going to be viewing them as like a legitimate contender or anything like that. I, don't know, I think. I, I mean, Ultimately, they to get a high they're seat. Probably just going to lose in the second round.
1: Yeah, I, I don't look. I don't, I don't see them beating the
0: Lakers, Clippers, like. I don't see him being the Lakers with the Clippers, and I probably don't see him being the Suns either. The Suns, really. I mean, I think, yeah, I don't think they would be the Suns, but But I mean, that's just my thoughts. So I mean, I wouldn't say they're legit. I definitely don't think they can contend with like the Lakers. Um I mean the Lakers, yeah, and and then obviously I think the Clippers are a clear number two in the West, uh in terms of like contenders, just because of the way Kawhi and Paul George have been playing together. Um, yeah, but I mean, overall, NBA, there hasn't been like tons of news but lately, but um, you know, you got a lot of guys going off, like Steph's still going off, you know, Giannis, so. in the eighth seed, hmm, right now they're in eighth place. Yeah, I know Steph's doing a lot of things with that team right now, he's doing what he can. <laughs> I
1: mean, he's the let's not forget who Steph Curry is. I mean, he's at everything. Who, who I mean, it be, is not – with. Huh? Is Steph a two-time MVP? Yeah, he's two time and three-time champ, right?
0: Two MVP, two-time MVP. Or four-time NBA champion? Three-time champ.
1: Three. Yeah, three. Cause 15 KD won by himself.
0: Yeah, 15 won by himself. Losses,
1: Lost in 2016, then the two with KD. Yeah. And lost to Raps.
0: Yeah. But I mean, just the shots he's taking for him to be shooting 45% from three is honestly Nuts. it's just absolutely insane um I don't I can't even like I don't even get it watching him play like when he hits some of these shots I just don't even get how it's possible for him to hit them it's just insane um and then i also just a little news from your team I, th- <laughs> I like to see how it's a third way through the season and you got Anthony Davis and LeBron with quotes about NBA politics? What ad you see that quote where he's I like I don't know
1: about What's the happening? politics, but hold LeBron. up, I gotta look this up. I wait why am I I'm a Lakers
0: fan and I ride with my team. How did I not even see this? AD he made it it was about LeBron. He's like saying lebron should win mvp but like, oh like, that oh that that oh you're talking Yeah, about and, and that. he's like i don't know about the politics though yeah, and yeah. it's like i mean what do you mean what do you mean what do i mean i mean i mean there if there's players that should not be able to complain about mv politics their names are lebron james and anthony davis why do I need to answer that? Yeah, yeah, do you, do. you do. You do. come did. on. Because everything LeBron is doing is all politics, little NBA politics. Like, all the shit he's doing. Even when he was, like, back on the Cavs, he was, like, posting Instagram pictures. He was, like, it still felt like it was NBA politics. Just, like, his Instagram. Dude, just because just
1: because he posted that sick tomahawk dunk the other day. <laughs> oh, that he was, cool. That was cool. And then he does hashtag washed king or hashtag strife for Yeah, greatness. Oh, he's so wild. Uh, uh, hashtag strife for greatness
0: hashtag uh, that was honestly him the wash king thing was the most hilarious thing <laughs> yeah everybody lebron is so washed <laughs> no nah, I, I don't get that um what do you I mean just what of, a, I, I just thought it was, was a funny quote i mean obviously if i had to vote today i would vote for lebron for mvp but lebron should win mvp like year in and year out the fact that you no voted... like he... No, he shouldn't. I'm. No, he shouldn't win MVP. Year. That's <laughs> stupid.
1: Most valuable player is LeBron James. You're telling me that Giannis last year was. Dude, you, you can't
0: half-ass the regular season and, and well, win. He doesn't MVP. half-ass. Dude, he's half ask the last, except for this year. He's half ass the last like five. regular but He's season. gone like. He's gone like eighty percent. Like some. No, no, no. The one. The one before he had AD. He was like forty okay, percent. No, he was still dropping like twenty-four. I'm not saying he was like scrubbing. No, that one was that one was a bit that was an abysmal season. <laughs> but, but that was when we saw the uh the uh no, yeah.
1: hey,
0: was it was it a dumb move for his career? No, it was probably a smart move for his career. I'm not I'm not like people were really hey at the really time. That people were I'm not saying it's dumb, but I'm like if if you're if you got a guy like Giannis who's bringing, like full intensity every single night on a regular basis in the regular season. And he's, like, putting up insane numbers. And then you got LeBron, who's, like, you can tell he's coasting a little, but he's still putting up good numbers. I mean, I'm probably just going to give it to Giannis, right? But, I mean, I'm not saying – right now, LeBron is the MVP. He's been bringing it lately, these uh, night in, night out. And it's been fun to watch. His three-point shooting has been wild. Um, But, yeah, I don't really have anything else to touch on. You got anything? Not
1: really. I just – I just want to say that year when LeBron went like, you think, 40%. that w- I was very concerned to be a Laker fan at that time.
0: Were you concerned? He was, like, declining?
1: I was concerned that – I don't know if he was, like, declining because I thought he was legit, but I was like, okay, our roster is, like, just young guys. And, I don't know, Kuz was Kuz. <laughs> and, I I mean, we had to rely on Brandon Ingram.
0: yeah. And then he had that because
1: like, I was because I was at the time I was like, oh, like, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is when um, remember Anthony Davis the Anthony Davis saga and like they wouldn't trade him in, like, and like that
0: that's all. And then,
1: and then at the end of the season, Anthony Davis wore the that's all folks shirt. And then he <laughs> said, I just, oh, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't dress myself. That's my stylist.
0: His mom dresses him, you know.
1: <laughs> yeah, but we ended up getting him It was a good deal. I just wish we gave. Um, Koos instead of Brandon Ingram.
0: Well, I'm sure. I mean, that would have been an, just oh. awful. <laughs> yeah.
1: Legend we had that would have I.
0: just been an unfair trade. Like,
1: no, not at the time. Not at the time. Koos
0: was. I mean, I don't know. You know, I never believed in Koos as like a real guy. You know,
1: I believed in Koos. I was part of Koos, man. I mean,
0: you knew from the jump I was not a Koos guy. Yeah. But, you- yeah. Oh, he's old. Yeah. I mean, he came out, like, obviously he's going to look better than, like, the 19-year-olds that came out of the draft with him when he's 23. But, um, yeah, I mean, that year was still honestly impressive, though, like, looking back on it, because you could tell LeBron wasn't trying, like, his hardest, and he's still putting up great numbers. But, yeah, I mean, I got nothing else to touch on. Anything else you want to say? No, that's about it. That's All right. It. We'll see you guys next week, then. All right. Peace. Peace out.